Welcome to Merrickville. Welcome to Bloody Friday, Sydney. Crack a can. Let's get into it. I'm joined this afternoon by a very special guest, a comedian you might have seen him on Have You Been Paying Attention. Uh, you will soon see him on a brand new channel, channel 10 television show called Cram, Dilruk Jayasino. Great Mads to have you in, Dilruk. Thanks for having me in. Very Great look- to have you back as a co-host this afternoon. We're going to cover off the fact that Bondi is going to be copyrighted. Yeah, that- I know. I'm trying to copyright Jai Singer, but apparently there's a fight for my dad at the minute with that. So, <laughs> well, there's, there's going to be a fight in Bondi over copywriting the name because it's going to be—is it be by backpackers or wankers? It's hard to <laughs> say who's going to win out on that battle. We'll be discussing that and lots more, and we'll also have a footy preview for you later on the Savo as well. Joined this afternoon by a good friend of mine and a comedian, uh, Dilruk Jaisina, who's doing some shows uh, at comedy festivals or wherever. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> At some stage. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's at some stage. That uh, sounds about right. You're also, too, you, uh, people would see you probably on Have You Been Paying Attention something more recently, but you're doing a show with my good mate Peter Hellier as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a new Channel 10 show called Cram uh, with uh, actress Virginia Gay. I don't know how much more details I can go into about it. It's about sometimes... the life of spider bait drummer. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, yes, yes. That's, it. that's what I thought. When I first heard Cram, that's exactly what I thought. Oh, I like Cram. He's a good dude. <laughs> you know why his name's Cram? Because his real name's Mark, so right, he just, just went backwards. Right, right, right. God, we have a... the shit you could get away with in the 90s. I mean, War Black Betty Cramblam, that would have been a good way to... <laughs> good way to really get his brand through there. But yeah, that's that's how hopefully, we don't know when it's coming out, but uh, we're filming some episodes this weekend. And uh, Excellent. Yeah, check out the Channel 10 website. I think there's some details if you want to be part of the audience. Can you tell me what it's about? Because I spoke to Pete recently, because he's a good he's mate good of mine, mate, yeah. and uh, he just said, uh, hey, it's good, don't worry about it. And, and he just gave me... <laughs> No details. He goes, we'll try to get we'll try to get you on. You'll be on it. Or I went, okay, sure. Did you not just great. hear Deal say, I don't know how much I can say about it? Yeah, but I mean, but, I mean it's look, a, it's, a, well, it's, it's not a drama. You yeah. can say, oh, it's a comedy, Miz. Or, it's a it's quiz a show. It's or, a quiz show. Yeah, there we go. It's there a, you go. It's fun. <laughs> and we have an absolute blast. And hopefully we'll have you on at some point. <laughs> yeah, great. See, there we go. You know what? Uh, people the views of Bill Rick do not reflect those of Channel 10. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or news.com. We'll see what they think about it once it's out. <laughs> Dil, last time you were in the studios, you came in and had a, a, a bit of a chat to me. And yeah. uh, one thing I noticed, and at the time we didn't kind of have time to, to delve into it, but it, it occurred to me that you've got a massive conflict of interest in your own home growing up, right? Because your mother is uh, Muslim, correct? correct? Yeah. Your dad is Buddhist? Dad is Buddhist. Dad is Buddhist. Mum is Muslim. And for some reason, they sent me to a Catholic school. Yeah, so... okay. So we didn't have time to get into it at <laughs> the know. time. Is that a bit of a conflict of interest when at dinner time when everybody's got their own deity? <laughs> My parents are still... How's your deity today? <laughs> <laughs> My, my parents are still together, and it's quite cute. You know, they they have their own little prayer rooms and stuff like that. And really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, <laughs> like for a little shrine that dad has, and mom prays in a different room. They don't want the two deities to clash, even though they're both. You know, it's just like having oh, wow. two separate uh, footy teams. You know, that's <laughs> well, incredible. <laughs> but it was really good. Like uh, as a kid, you know, we we kind of got all the holidays we celebrated. Like you know, uh, you know, the Catholic side we have Christmas and Easter. Muslim we had like 
Hajj and Ramadan and, you know, Buddhist side would celebrate things like the inevitability of death and comic retribution, you know. incense burning. Guys, it's incense burning Tuesday. And Vesak and stuff like that. Vesak is a big, big uh, Buddhist holiday, of course. And uh, But then um, also when he came to praying, like it was pretty handy. Like I'd be watching the cricket. I'd be all excited, you know, that I would start praying to Lord Buddha and then we'd be like five wickets down. I'm like, ah, better start tapping into the other oh, two. You know what? Praying. I think this one's for Allah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, it was, it was good. Like, uh, honestly, the good thing about it is it did teach me a lot about you know tolerance and acceptance and you know just because you believe in separate things doesn't mean that you, you can't you know find love and build a family around it like Whoa, not everyone was ex- slow up mate <laughs> slow up you're just building tolerance there's one thing one step at a time big guy <laughs> this is australia let's not forget that <laughs> no, so, but it was nice. But but I also did find it quite like for me, like I'm a big guy. I'm about like 30, 20 kilos extra than I should be. And I blame a lot of my religious upbringing because during the month of Ramadan, like we'd, you know, my brother and I, we'd grew up in my mom's side of the family because dad worked overseas. So the whole family in the house would be fasting for Ramadan. So they don't eat between sunup and sundown. But to prepare for that, they'd wake up around 435 and have something to eat. And I would get up, eat with them. At, at like 4.30, but then go to school, have breakfast, lunch, <laughs> then break fast with the family because I'm a team player. And, and also also then have dinner again. So I'd have like five meals over the over the, over the the one month and just stack it on and wear it proudly, like tapping my belly going, oh, mom, we nailed Ramadan yeah. this year. Like, to be fair, Buddha would be kind of inspired. Buddha well, it's a different Buddha. The, 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 the Buddha that I, uh, uh, the Lord Buddha that I was raised with is the more uh, Indian uh, origins mm-hmm. and I think there's a there's a difference between he he wasn't as big as the the one that we would know more in uh, Anglo-Saxon country. I could have sworn there was just one Buddha. Yeah, I've really, yeah, Mary, really get up Did you have theological debates or not? Uh, I'll change that. Arguments in your house as a result of that. You know, you got three people with three different um, aspects on religion. Do yeah, you, are you going to have those theological arguments well, within our close family? So there's my brother and me and my mum and dad. Within our four of us, we were very comfortable making jokes that are probably not appropriate for air about the you know the different religions. But hang, on my... a, hang on a second. Welcome to Triple M. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good point. Everything on air is but, inappropriate. But 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 my grandma, my mom's side, for example, she she wasn't too chuffed about the idea that I was not Muslim uh, in in her house, and she would you know say things like, "Oh, I have to go to hell because you're not a Muslim." Wow. <laughs> but then she'd be so sweet and loving, and she like sing to me and feed me and stuff. Was so I was raised to believe that I'm so lovable, I'm worth going to hell for. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not a healthy ego that I have on myself because I'm like, oh well, you know, she's willing to sacrifice everything for how cute I was. And when you Moving between those different um, uh, religious camps, as they were, yeah. you know, from time to time. Let me guess: when you go overseas, you just say you're Buddhist. Uh, I say, go, oh, yeah, Buddhist. <laughs> I say Buddhist. Jedi Knight. Dill, I want to open up the phones there because I think this is a fascinating thing. No, it doesn't have to be a, a religious yeah. collision. Uh, in Australian families, is often divides. You know, you have those Holden versus Ford. That, we said that one today. Queens, right. Queensland versus New South Wales. Right. Yeah, 100%. It can be sport. I mean, that's yeah. one of their big divisions. And it can be um, anything. You know, that conflict of interest that you have in your family could be religious, could be it could be anything at Margaritas all. Margaritas versus meat lovers. Yeah. Like, that's, well, that no, tears What about this up. one? Smokers, non-smokers, oh, yeah. drinkers, non-drinkers, right? That's now, we even had a, we had a division in my house, which was a real problem because uh, my wife, now, when she first came to live with me, which makes it sound like I bought her. <laughs> oh. How is Svetlana? <laughs> were, the division was who when paid she... for the postage and handling. Well, hey, mate, for starters, do you know how difficult it is to get a post pack from the Ukraine? Um, 
it's offensive. She's a Kiwi. Anyway, <laughs> so it was much cheaper and easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when she first came, she barracked for Essendon, and I'm a Collingwood supporter. And I this is said, the FL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just said, so uh, here's the thing. You have to stop barracking for that because I can't mm. have that mm. in my living space. Yeah. And she said, are you serious? And I said, I'm not kidding. It, I can't I can't do that. There's too much conflict because what's going to happen at some stage, Essendon will beat Collingwood and then our relationship will dissolve. Mm. And she just said, you really have problems. And I said, yeah. yeah. And she said, okay. And just relinquished Essendon and it's never been a thing in her house. Well, I think you've done a real disservice to humanity by mm. getting an extra Collingwood supporter in mm. the, in, into the... Oh, no, she doesn't bear for Collingwood. That's oh, fine. Okay. Okay. Just as long as it's not Essendon. Yeah, that's no, exactly was right. It, was it specifically Essendon or any of the other teams? Just anything. Any of the other teams. Anything that's gotcha. not Collingwood. Gotcha. Right, yeah. So anyway. That's fair. She's, she's not allowed to like things that I don't like. Um, one triple three five three. What's the conflict of interest in your house? As I said, it could be cars, it could be religion, it could be food, mm. it could be whatever it is. You know, maybe one person likes cats, the other person likes dogs. Yeah, whatever the division is. Beatles, Nickelback, the other one. You know, that's another classic <laughs> family. No, no. Music versus Nickelback. <laughs> Joined this afternoon by a great comedian, Dilruk Jason. If you haven't seen Dilruk uh, do stand-up, go and see him. But you will see him on television very soon on Channel 10 on his brand new show, Cram, with Peter Hellier and Virginia Gay. And you'll see him from time to time on Have You Been Paying Attention? So oh, I think we're all across Dil. Yeah? Or Utopia. Uh, Utopia? Oh, yeah. I forgot about Utopia. Which <laughs> yeah, so is like... weird because I watched it like two nights ago. <laughs> Jesus. How many TV shows you want, Dil? <laughs> what are you doing on radio? You're just yeah. swallowing my There's a big diversity quarter that's in a big... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going, Does anybody know a funny brown guy? What about Dilruk? Have you run Dilruk? He's he's available for yeah. everything. Yeah, Nazim was saying he's on tour overseas, so uh, <laughs> him going into I'm a celebrity, you're just like, yes, my window. Just quick background check, is he a Muslim? No, but I think his mum is. Oh, uh, does that count? <laughs> And that's not a joke for those who just tuned in. Uh, my mom actually is a Muslim, and we're just saying my mom's a Muslim, my dad's a Buddhist, and they sent me to a Catholic school. So mm. I grew up with this real potpourri of kind of yeah. beliefs coming Well, what up. it means is that you're just really, really guilty about your parents' decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel I have Catholic guilt when I eat pork because I may be reincarnated as a pig. Like it's a... <laughs> We're taking your call, Sydney, on the conflict of interest in your house. It might be over sport. It might be over cars. It could be over anything at all. Uh, we've got Dan and Cornell. Hello, Dan. Hey, man, how you going? Very good indeed, mate. What's the conflict of interest in your house? Well, it was uh, my mum hated heavy metal, and uh, naturally I am a huge metal head. Uh, so, like, every time she'd hear me listen to her, she's like, why are you listening to that shit? Turn that off, it's rubbish. <laughs> what was she into? Uh, just, like, classic rock, like... Shannon uh, Old stuff. Yeah, so but we talk, you were talking about the Triple M playlist in parts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, too much. I can understand why, Dan, you're really heavy, into heavy metal because you live in Cornell and you've got to drain out the sound of the planes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So. Mm, mm, yeah. In fact, I'm not entirely sure you're listening to heavy metal. It's, it's, actually, it's actually literally heavy metal above you. <laughs> okay, let's get to uh, Markai. Hello, Markai. G'day, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Very, thanks. Good, mate. Okay, mate, what's a conflict of interest in your house? Okay, my missus is Croatian. Mm. The captain of the Socceroos is her cousin. Right. Right, okay. And when they play Croatia, who do you think she backs for? Oh. Okay, so Cro- she, she's she's a Jedinak, yeah? No, 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 she's different because the cousin. A cousin, okay, but, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 
Yeah, so Jedlak is the is the is her cousin, but yeah. when they when they play the soccer, the Croatian team, she still she goes backs, for Croatia. She goes for Croatia, man. She lives in bloody Australia. Oh, Matt, look, I've been in this country fourteen years or thirteen years, and I can officially say that is un-Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> un-Australian, mate. Yeah, but you know the thing is too, Mark. I, I mean, she could, she could be going for Serbia. How would that? I mean, how would that go down? <laughs> Oh, well, she's have to look at herself in the mirror and give herself up at that, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think he started speaking in different dialect. I, I don't even know where that was, then. <laughs> but it sounded aggressive. I looked to you, Jill. I was like, oh, yeah, the Sri Lankan guy will know what he's saying. Yeah. I don't know all the languages. <laughs> I love what a brave decision it was for Dill to get on board the Australian soccer team, though, the Sri Lanka powerhouse soccer team that they are. Yeah, look, mate, I was I was there at the 2005 World Cup qualifier. I was here uh, in Sydney. I went and saw them, and when Schwartz saved that uh, mm. goal, oh, lost my lost my voice actually oh yeah big 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 soccer respect are you a big fan of soccer is that but your sport no uh but <laughs> no? you just uh, you just had a few drinks and but just okay, I'll, well since the the marco brought that up i'll admit this so whenever even though i love the soccer rules i love the aussie cri- uh, rugby team when it comes to cricket I, uh, it's hard for me to, yeah, to okay. get on board because i grew up watching australia as the enemy you know what i mean yeah, yeah. warney uh was just dominating also my mom thought warney was cute and i'm like don't, oh, don't look oh, at him like that nice. he's not halal like that's not don't <laughs> Don't. It's just like so when I, whenever he was like bowling, I'm like, not only is this guy capable of destroying Sri Lanka's batting lineup, Warnie might root mum. And I <laughs> didn't want that. She's not on Tinder. She's not on Tinder, is she? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a tough thing for a t- kid to watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch that, kids. Don't, no kids watch that. Stephen Camden, hello. How are you? Yeah, very good, yeah, mate. All right, what's the conflict of interest in your house? When I grew up, uh, Dad was a member of the Labor Party and Mum was a member of the Liberal Party. This is 1975 good. was a day when I was a little kid and told, just don't go home. <laughs> oh, wow. So hang on, that's Fraser. That was Fraser, wasn't it? That was when, yeah, Fraser kicked out Whitland yeah. with John Kerr. Yeah, that's wow. right. That's 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 a huge moment. God. What uh, are you going to go for now? Are you Greens or Sex yeah. Party or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. Stay neutral. No, nah, you've yeah, got you've, have, you had to start your own party called Nun Nation. <laughs> makes it easier. Thanks, Steve. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. G'day, Mark Howard here. A year ago, I started the Howie Games podcast, which has given me a fantastic opportunity to chat with some of the biggest names in world sport. The Howie Games is all about positivity. The episodes aim to inspire, to motivate, to get you up and get you out there. And no man does this better than West Indian cricketer Darren Sammy. My mom always ensured that she made us understand that, you know, be content but with what you have. But that doesn't mean that you cannot aim to be better because you could always be better in life. But don't be greedy, don't be, be, be content. So, yes, I didn't have the best shoes, but... You know, every day we found something to eat. There was something on the table, whether it be the dry bread with water or you flour and milk. We found something to eat. We survived. You can listen to the Howie Games at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Look out, Sydney. Uh, you don't own Bondi. Um, mm. It's an interesting little problem that's going on at the moment. There's a trademark issue, deal where uh, one of Australia's most iconic places, Bondi Beach, at the centre of an international trademark tussle between Sydney Cosmetics Company and multinational fashion giant Abercrombie & Fitch. Yep. Okay, so the United States retailer 
which doesn't have a presence here in Australia, but people but sometimes yeah. see it and just go, oh, you know, you see Abercrombie and Finch, you go, oh, you've been to America and you want us right. to know that you've been to America. Yeah, so yeah it's like that. the Bing Tang singlet equivalent, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You come with Abercrombie and Finch, you're like, ah, we yeah. get it. Or oh, the New York uh, Yankees hat. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Oh, you've been to America and you want us to know. So they, uh, <laughs> anyway, they don't have a presence here, but they've registered as the owner of the trademark Bondi Beach, right? Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane. Uh, and they've got a US range of products, including uh, beauty lotions, body sprays, and fragrances, which, quite frankly, does sound a lot like Bondi Beach. Um, <laughs> so when a city company uh, called Bondi Wash applied to trademark its name in the US, it was prevented from doing so because of the similarity with uh, Abercrombie & Fitch's existing one. Mm. Uh, who owns it? Now, here's an interesting thing. There is lots of massive icons in Australia that we just think that we own as people. Right. But, but it be, might not be. They're not. They're trademarks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know. I mentioned one yeah. today. Have, have, you, have you got that? I've done a bit of digging. So before you go with it, okay, no, I it's, haven't it's, been able to leaves. find confirmation. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, to yeah, yeah go for it. Okay. So my understanding, and I'm, I'm 100% certain, not 100%, and I'm, I know that this was at one stage, but uh, I don't know whether or not it's still currently. If you were to take a photographic image of the opera house, you know, like you just, yeah, go, yeah, oh, yeah. So you just rock down the opera house, take a photo. If you use that in any commercial sense or you wish to film the opera house, so right. like you have yeah. to go down there, you have to pay a fee to go and film at the opera house, right? At the, even in front. Just, yeah. yeah. So you want to go down, you want to film, just say you, you're a local brand, you want to uh, uh, film something. Uh, at the, in front of the, the opera house and you um, have to pay a fee for that. That fee went to, at the time, and I don't know if it's still current, Singapore Airlines. What? Singapore Airlines owned the trademark, the licensing for images of the Sydney Opera House, as I understand it. Wow. Yep. I mean, these foreigners are coming in here, <laughs> taking our radio co-host jobs. Yep. And, yep. and now yep. they're taking our... We used to have Moon Man, now we've got Brown Man. It's gone. <laughs> it's just... See how things have changed. Vindaloon Man. <laughs> well, Dil, right. since you're uh, so well-versed in trademark and copyright law, I thought I would put together a little quiz off the back. Let's have a crack. Uh, we are doing... Uh, this one, this quiz is called Copyright or Wrong? Okay. Right. So, uh, so what we're trying to find... We're so to pre- out I'm, I'm going to I'm going to uh, test you guys on um, some items and some words and some phrases, and you got to tell me if they're trademarked or not. So, uh, Mez, we'll start with you. Okay. This yep. first, you got to tell me whether this uh, piece of audio I'm about to play you is trademarked or under copyright or owned by anyone. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's, WWE. That's that oh, is, is that it? That's, I, that's what I usually say before I jump on the dunny. I just. <laughs> I didn't realise I have to be paying royalties every time. <laughs> you know, it's weird. You're about to take a crap. John Cena walks in. He's going, what are you doing here? Uh, the I rock. Sp- he's going, I-, I was prepared to do one rock, not two. Can smell what the rock is cooking. Okay. Um, Triple say- H stands for H. <laughs> hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids. It's a, it's a preparation H. Preparation H, H, H. All right, I'm going to say definitely that's trademark. You're right. Yeah, you're you're right. slightly off with the sport. It's it's boxing. That's uh, oh, sorry, that's the that's ring right. announcer Michael Buffer. Any guesses at what that's he gets right. paid every no. time he says those words? Is Five he... words. How much do you reckon he gets paid when he utters that phrase? Please don't tell me. This will actually break my heart. If uh, is I'm it more say... than six figures? Yeah. Wow. What is it? Five million dollars. No. That's his so fee. So million per word. That's it's a million dollars per word. That's his fee to uh, ring announce it at major boxing no events. No way. 
To be fair, he's really milking that rumble oh, part. I yeah, yeah, he stretches it. But you should see my face. I've just heard that. Yeah. I'm just going, five, five million dollars, a million dollars a word every time. Give us your, give us your you, best. You, let's get rid of rumble. Let's no, get no, it. don't. You're not allowed to. Oh, yeah. Oh, he owns right. that. That's right. So oh. I said bumble. It's like a new <laughs> dating app that you're trying to no, no, promote. No no, 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 no. It's it's me just before I'm about to make love to my wife. And it's, <laughs> let's get ready to fumble. <laughs> Okay, Next. I'll give you $5 at most. Thank All right, uh, deal. this one's for you. Is this phrase, as spoken by this person, trademarked or copyrighted? That's hot. Oh, Paris Hilton? Correct. That's oh, wow. hot. You're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen done a lot of research on Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, good. <laughs> um, I am going to say, well, she used it a lot on that uh, reality show, I think, she whatever did. she did with, uh, with... Simple Life. Simple Life, right. So I'm going to say she must have tried to at least... You're right. Yes. She does. She has trademarked it, but only in certain situations. That's only uh, like if you're getting a coffee from Macca's or something. <laughs> it applies to clothing, electronic devices, and alcohol. Wow. Okay. She trademarked stupid. No, clearly, no, no, no. no. Wow. So if someone were to describe an electronic item in an official capacity as that's, that's hot. hot, they can't. What if they've got a bit more of an ethnic accent like I do? And I'm not saying hot. I'm saying that's hot. <laughs> do, I, do I still get in trouble? It does sound like, you know, you've, like I've just gone to order butter chicken and I've pointed <laughs> the other one and you've gone, that's hot. <laughs> I've gone, okay. okay it's, it's, more, it's got more of a warning to it as opposed to it's not an enticement. It's not a review. It's, yeah. a, it's a heads up. Yeah, yeah look out. <laughs> that's hot. Uh, okay, this is your one. next one. Right. I'll be back. Oh. Trademarked or copyrighted? Trademark, uh, copyright or copy wrong? It's copy wrong. I don't reckon mm. that's. I don't reckon that's trademarked. Mm. Oh, wow. it is, but not by Arnie, oh. because it was uh, dialogue within a film script. James yeah. Cameron owns the rights to yeah. that uh, phrase. Okay. Because you also own King of the World and whatever they said I in guess the movie. So, yeah, Hasta la Vista. I guess yeah, he owns yeah, all. Yeah. Of Who yeah. owns putting your hand on a steamy car window? Because. <laughs> I'm worried about me having made a breach when I was 18. <laughs> All right, we've got time for one more deal. This is your last one. Is this copyright or copy wrong? You're fine. Oh, Trump. Definitely. Look, Trump feel, uh, from the move, the TV show Apprentice, I feel like he would have tried to. I, I, oh, I have oh, a yeah. memory of him trying to get licensed to copyright it. You're spot on. He tried but right. failed. Right. Because so he... you're fired, surely. That can't be... I mean, Imagine that. It just, it just every boss around the world has to just go, Glenn. I got some bad news. Um, you're departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. So I come back tomorrow. Uh, no, don't come back tomorrow. You're departed. So I, I, I leave and I come back. Now, Glenn, no. you're not listening. To you're me. not listening you're to what I'm saying. You're not allowed. Yet. Well, also interesting. Trump's trying to copyright no Arabs. That's his new <laughs> one. Joined this afternoon by Dilruk Jayasena. Mate, I have a question for you. So you're an, uh, first of all, you're an out and proud Bogan, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm a Bogan as well. I just feel like I was a Bogan born in the wrong country, like in Sri Lanka. Uh, they wouldn't, there's no Bogan equivalent for me. So I feel like I'm a Bogan here, a Brogan, if you will, a brown Bogan, right? <laughs> um, I got into trouble uh, when I told a bunch of people recently that I went on a first date, a Tinder date, uh, and I wore Ugg boots to the date. My question to you is, am I... On the Gold Coast? No. <laughs> 
thought he was fine. Look, I, I only bought Og boots for the first time like maybe a month ago, and they're so comfy. I'm really enjoying This is not a cash for common thing, right? I just <laughs> bought them for the first time, and I've been wearing them out without any issues. You went on a Tinder date wearing, wearing a pair t- of Ugg boots. That just says to to a woman, I imagine, that she would see you and just go, this bloke thinks that we've already gone step one, step right. two, step three. We're about to root. Because that's, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they have like boots. They're what you wear after you've had right. sex. I've shown up with the uh, yeah. breakfast in bed tray. Yeah, exactly. It's like, should be second. Did he, did he already preempt this by having sex with himself and then, and then arrived? Here's your toothbrush. Sex. Here's my toothbrush. That's the after sex footwear. So, Very presumptuous. So, first of all, I got, apparently I'm not meant to wear our boots out in public. That's the first no no. And these are not, by the way, not fashionable ones. These are your stock standard black plane. And then the yep. fact that I wore it to a date was apparently horrendous. But I did this. I said to the, so I brought it up before she noticed. Yeah. And <laughs> I said, "Is this offensive?" Because I said I, I thought she should know who what she's getting into from get from the get go. Like she needs to know that I'm the type of guy who go on a date in tracky dacks and outboots. Like okay, I was going to ask you, what was the pants that you <laughs> no, wore? No, I was. I think I was in jeans. I think I was in oh, jeans. I think right? that makes Fa- it worse. Fancy. Tracksuit pants, pants and Ugg boots says lazy. Yeah. Right, okay. Tracksuit uh, uh, jeans and uh, Ugg boots says psychotic. Really? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's just how bad my fashion sense is because I didn't think, I mean, look, I was. Uh, I live in Melbourne, so it was very cold at yeah, the yeah. time. So, yeah. I, you know, there's my little twinkle toes. They're freezing, <laughs> yeah. right? Socks. But she threw this at <laughs> me, so when I brought... <laughs> Yeah, okay. That's a what well, tell me more about this socks <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. It sounds delightful. No, I um I brought it up to her and she I said, you know, you need to know what type of idiot I am from the get-go, right? And she was like, No, it's more about it says it's more of an insult to her because it means that I don't care, I don't give a crap that I haven't put any effort into the date. I was like, But look look my hair. I've done that. <laughs> given it a party and everything. Pub's good. <laughs> yeah, where yeah, did yeah. where did you go on a date though, Dill? Where was it? To the pub. <laughs> To the pub. Yeah, yeah. In a pair of oh, boots. Yeah. She's a special lady, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something there. I mean, it's amazing. I hear wedding bells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll meet you at the pub. I'll be the bloke wearing the Ugg boots. And then she rolled up. If she went to meet you at the pub like hey, that, she's a keeper. Mate, second date next week. It's absolute love. If you haven't seen Dilruk uh, perform stand-up, go and see him if he's out and about in Sydney. Uh, and Dil, you're doing a show with Peter Hellier and Virginia Gay. You're filming for Channel 10 at the moment. Called As Cramp. I said, you might see him on uh, Have You Been Paying Attention? And, of course, the fabulous Utopia every Correct. week on the ABC yeah, as geez, well. Mez, you can hit up our, our Twitter page, at Merrickville FM, for a chance to be part of the studio audience. Go and see Cram filmed over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, get on board. Dil, great to see you, mate. Mate, thanks for having us. You're listening to Merrifield here on Triple M. Well, Australian Survivor is back for season two. 24 players fighting it out for $500,000. And this year, Channel 10 has made some major changes. To tell us more about this, we've got the host of the show, Jonathan LaPaglia, on the line. G'day, mate. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Mate, very good. We're all very excited about these changes, these rumoured changes for Australian Survivor. Is it true that the contestants are actually going to have to have a fight to the death and somebody is going to is only going to be one person left alive? Is that the... Is that the story pretty much you know this this, this uh, group of contestants uh, you know they uh, they start playing hard right out of the gate and they're swinging for the fences this year so uh there's a lot of big gameplay going on and uh it definitely is a battle all the way to the end so what are the major changes what you know what are you doing to, to live it up because it did really really well last year everyone's been looking forward to the return 
but everyone loves that kind of, you know, that sense of something new to, uh, with this sense of something familiar. Well, you know, the format's still the same, but uh, they've just, you know, I didn't think it'd be possible, but they've, they've, uh, they've just made it bigger and bolder this year. You know, the, uh, the challenges for one, I mean, some of the builds are just uh, massive this year. And also they've, uh, they've developed a whole lot of unique challenges uh, not seen anywhere else. So they'd be brand new for Australia and for anywhere. Um, and then on top of that, the uh, the contestants give it their all. So every challenge, almost every challenge, uh, they're, they're uh, nail biters. You know, it uh, it really comes down to the wire on uh, on on all these uh, on all the challenges. Now, a, a friend of mine uh, actually works on uh, Survivor as well with you. Uh, his name's Glenn. Anyway, he said that um, when you're filming in Samoa and the cameras are switched off, that you just head back to the Intercontinental and just drink cocktails, and that you that, that when uh, everyone's actually starving to death, you're just drinking cocktails in the hotel pool. Is that true? Pretty much. I put my silk robe on and my fluffy slippers and I go back there and have a beer and burger. Yeah, yeah. it was the giveaway when I said my friend and then I paused and then said Glenn. It doesn't even sound like a guy who works on Survivor. <laughs> no, no, there's always a Glenn. There's always yeah. a Glenn That's what on I a thought. production. Yeah, no, that, was a good, that was a good one. Yeah, a good if, I, if I'd said Ronaldo, I would have been pushing it too hard. But I went, yeah, no, Glenn, exactly. Glenn sounds like a feasible bloke. Uh, interesting dynamic last season, too. There was um, a, a bit of love blossom between two of the contestants. Um, it was uh, Lee and it was L, was it? And they, um, yeah. Yeah, and they had like a, a proper real-life romance. Yeah, I know. Can you believe that? 55 days on the island without brushing teeth, and they, uh, and they managed yeah. to uh, pull that off. That's pretty impressive. Sorry, what did they pull off, Jonathan? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just must have been must have been a line there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you look, whatever you can get on an island. To be honest, I mean, if you're out there long enough, fifty-five days. I mean, you deserve. To... Anyway, um, another question <laughs> before I let you go, Jonathan. I know you're a very busy man, and I'd like to pretend I am as well. But before you go, uh, when you film this, you know, there's there's various states of undress in Survivor, you know, because they've got challenges where, you know, they're, uh, you know, shirtless or, or, you know, almost pantless at times. Is it ever been a scene where you've just gone, sorry, guys, uh, stop down. Um, uh, Glenn, one of your knackers has fallen out of your shorts and we've, we've caught it on camera. And we have to reshoot this uh, minus the coconuts. Uh, it's funny you should say that because I, I think maybe it's the second episode. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's early in the season. Uh, we have a challenge where uh, one of the uh, one of the buff boys on the show, Lockie, he uh, somehow loses his shorts halfway through the challenge, but he keeps going. Right. And uh, it's a pretty cheeky situation, I have to say. But the girls are going to love it. Yeah, I mean, was was the challenge the full body massage challenge? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Actually, it was a it's this flip and slide challenge. Yeah. We had to oil up in uh, baby yeah. oil. Yeah, I don't know who the winner was, but there was definitely a happy ending there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Lapalia, mate, it's great to speak to you. Everyone's very excited about the return of Australian Survivor, and we'll be checking it out on our TV screens here on uh, Channel 10, 7.30 p.m. on Sunday night. The Australian Survivor premieres. Always great to speak to you, mate, and best of luck. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. 
I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies. From economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Gladys Berejiklian's government uh, is going to leave Sydney with a lopsided patchwork of councils. We know that they were trying to, you know, make super councils. Mm. That was the thing we heard, you know, uh, mergers everywhere. My council was merged, uh, but they've abandoned the policy to, uh, of the local mm. government amalgamations halfway very, through. Very funny uh, front page of the Daily Telegraph this morning. Gladys backflipping. Oh, that's was very good. good. Yeah, thought it was good. Ooh. They've earned their money. You know, there's like literally a person there in the Dallas Telegraph. They just pull out of a box and go, headline, go, Gary. Yeah. And he goes, Gladys back or flip the end. And yeah. they go, that doesn't even make sense, Gary. Go well, home, Gary. Go, you are done. <laughs> hey, get yourself some hot Dumb chips. from the day, Get Gary. yourself some hot chips, Gary, and a cold beer. You've done very well. Well, the Premier's announced uh, yesterday that her government is walking away from its policy of merging the city councils. And uh, the challenged amalgamation, after the challenged amalgamation in the court. Now, here's the thing. For some people in some council, this is a good thing to have an amalgamation, to bring councils together, right? Uh, In other areas, it's not a good idea. Like I said, I live in a super council. We used to be part of one council. Now we're formed up with three others. And honestly, I haven't noticed the difference. It doesn't make any difference to me. But some people get upset. The biggest thing is the politicians don't have the answers. They can't figure out with all the borders and who, you know, oh, yeah. you butt them up against this, but then do you bring in this council? You need somebody with clear, decisive action. Who is that person? It's me. I'm that guy. Well, there's been great consternation about the merger of New South Wales councils. Recently, my very own council, Leichhardt Council, merged with Ashfield and Marrickville councils to create a super council known as the Inner West. We're almost as good as the eastern suburbs, but don't have the beaches, so we'll make up for it with our sense of social justice, even though none of us actively do anything about social justice beyond signing online petitions and purchasing shitty handmade crafts at the Roselle Markets on a Saturday super council. Importantly... Midnight is still Tuesday. What Sydney needs is less geographical division, resulting in less social division. I propose a merger of councils that do not share borders under a new initiative, Councils Sans Frontiers. Let's merge Mossman Council with Bankstown. Too long have wealthy women struggling through menopause been denied access to decent drive-by shootings. Council Sons Frontiers. Vaucluse Council to merge with Blacktown. Imagine the money saved on council clean-up fees. Vaucluse turf all their unwanted electrical goods onto their nature strips one day in a Blacktown commish the next. Blacktown could experience Christmas four times a year. Cronulla Council to merge with Lakemba. <laughs> Just kidding. That's never going to happen. Hornsby to merge with Heathcote to create the leafy but utterly boring Super Council and market themselves as the place to live when you've given up on being interesting to other people. And finally, Narrabeen could merge with Palm Beach, Manly, DY, Freshwater, excuse me, Harbord, Monavale, Newport and everything in between. Because let's be honest, unless you're from the Northern Beaches, everyone reckons you're all the bloody same anyway. White people who dream of living in Byron Bay. 
Oh, shut up, you bogans. I can hear you whinging from across the bridge. Council's Sons Frontiers. Bernard Fanning with Isn't It a Pity. That is one of my favourite songs. As I've, I keep saying every time we play it here on Triple M, and I would go out and download that. I would purchase that song, but I work here at Triple M. We play it often enough that I don't need to. That's how... That's how much I support Bernard's work. Uh, that I'm very close to purchasing it, but I don't it's need. It's good to. of you That's to a get huge compliment. It's good of you work. to get behind like an up and coming yep. young Aussie artist as well. Hundred percent. Find an yep. old mate, support his music, but without actually spending the dollar fifteen to buy his song. At least That's there's a positive like... in liking a Bernard. There's yeah. not many Bernards exactly. out there that we like. <laughs> exactly. Most of, normally when you hear somebody like Bernie go, "Is he up on charges?" Something like that. Yeah. Ryan Girdler joins me in the studio. Has he thrown that tennis voice. match? Girls, what music are you liking at the moment? What are you into? Are you hearing anything on the radio? Oh, look, my my uh, my girls dominate the uh, the stereo. So on the way up to uh, up to school, when I do the drop off, yeah, they they listen to all that sort of that pop, and they're singing mm. all the words to some of the latest sort of hits. So I don't get much of a say, as to be honest. But I'm I'm a little bit of a sort of an acoustic man. I I just I love you know what I love. I love coming to work on Sundays before we call the game yep. and listening to Triple M Unplugged on. You know, Sunday mornings, just almost some of that. Acoustic almost acoustic Sunday. That's it, yeah, Liam. Yeah. It's a great, great morning of who's, uh, who's of music. Some of, who's, who's some of your favourite Aussie ass goods? <laughs> hey, oh, oh, we're going to talk about footy. It's just <laughs> everyone calm down. We'll get the footy. We'll get the footy in a minute. We're talking about music now. Guess, I remember, you, like? you know, I remember when we used to go on tours and we used to just flat ourselves with with Powderfinger when they first came on, sort of uh, late nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah, You know, they were bit of chair of, there. there that, would have been a bit of chair in yeah, there. Yeah, bit of bit of chair there as well. We obviously. As well. Mid nineties, but uh, yeah, and and I grew up in the year of obviously of uh, Boom Crash Opera and some of those guys, some of those classic pub bands back, sort of coming through Wollongong yeah, and, and might, university and places might, like that. So might have pushed it too far. You don't know, you don't know who Boom Crash Opera. Are. Oh no, I know who they are. <laughs> so you might have pushed it too far. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so we'll get to uh, we'll get to round twenty one in just a second because we're getting towards the pointy end of the season as we know. But uh, recently this week, you oh, I read uh, some quotes. I'm paraphrasing about Laurie Daly's uh, position as the head of the Blues uh, going into next year. There has been some debate as to whether or not he'd be there. What are your thoughts on it? Is I mean, when you think about how dominant, as an outsider, you see how dominant Queensland have been. They've had such an amazing selection of players to choose from over, over recent years. Absolute guns. Is it just one of those historical periods where you think, well, they've just owned it because they've had all those players? Or is it a, a problem with New South Wales that it's allowing Queensland to win so much? Really hard to say, Mez. I think obviously, you know, your first point's one hundred percent correct. It's probably the best uh, best lineup or a best team that you know we've seen in the history of rugby league put together and assembled. I mean, to win, to have that dominant period like they've had. So I certainly agree with the first point. The second point is it's hard to say, you know, because Laurie's had him now for f- five years, um, and and that's sort of half of that dominant period of, of what Queensland have had. They've had that sort of 10 yep. or 11 years of dominance. So uh, Laurie's had his, his fair crack. And look, I just think that... But he's um, peeled one out. I mean, it, he it, did, absolutely. And look, Loz puts his... As a player, uh, he's done exactly the same as a coach. He puts his heart and soul into yep. it. Um, and look, you can't fault him for that. Um, he hasn't got a lot of experience as a coach. Uh, so, that you know, I'm not in camp. So it's, it's hard to see what's going on behind the scenes. But I, I just think that, you know, he's had a really good crack at it. He looked really flattened down by the end of that series, as you would be yeah. getting so close and after waiting so long. 
Um, and maybe it's time, you know, we get some new blood in there, some uh, some new ideas. There's some really good candidates out there uh, that are, are really enthusiastic about getting there, having a go. And Tommy Radonikus. Yeah, Tommy would be great again. I mean, he's had his shot, but, you yeah, know, you've got Brad Fitler and you've got these guys that yeah. are – I've got a, you know, a fair handle on what it takes to be a, um, you know, a good coach at origin level. And maybe we give someone else a go next year. Mate, I'm a big supporter of Laurie Dalling. I think he's a terrific bloke and you can see how much he cares about New South Wales and New South Wales winning games when he's playing origin. I think he's had, you know, it's just one of those timing issues where Queensland have had such a dominance through their players. Yep. Just chuck that to one side for the moment. What about Laurie Daly as a full-time coach in NRL? Steps out of origin, moves away, somebody else moves into there. Yep. Where's a good club for, for Laurie Daly that, that, to go full-time? That's full the thing time? at the moment, Maz. Usually, you know, this time of year or, or, you know, early next year, we're talking about now who's going to be moving. I mean, Des is probably the, the likely the likely guy at the moment based on the performances and all the noise around that even though he's got a two-year deal, something could change at the end of this season. There's obviously uh, a new board, that a, a new ticket is sort of going to run uh, for the board there at uh, at the Bulldogs. And that usually means that if the members aren't happy with the current coach and the new ticket come in saying they're going to remove the coach, carries a little bit of weight and can and go a long way yeah. uh, when, when, you know, those votes come in. So, um, you know, that might be an opportunity for him. I don't know whether it's on Laurie's list to be a, a, an NRL coach full-time. It's a big gig. Uh, he was a really good commentator. Mate, he's got look. Loz could go on. He's just good at whatever he does. He yeah, can yeah. go on and and be successful at whatever. But um, you got to think though that there might be a club who'd be thinking if he does switch out of Origin, he could be a real option. Yeah, same as Kevy Walters. I mean, <laughs> Kevy's come out. Kevy doesn't know. talk enough for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> he's come out and said that he wa- he wants to be a coach in oh, the NRL he? at some point. Oh, I must not be listening. I must be hearing him talking. But he, um, but obviously, you know, he's going to stay in that role that he's in now for yep. for a few few years. I guess the thing is, there, Gerds, as you say, there's only 16 jobs, and yep. they're all but they for the most so part. Quick. And they change filled. so quick, though. Yeah, but they change so quick. You know, it's like, I mean, God, look at the Tigers. For example, mate, let's get on to tonight's footy. Warriors v Sharks. Thoughts? Well, I mean, uh, the season's pretty much over for the Warriors, but um, the, the Sharkies have been up and down the last couple of weeks. I think this game's all about how they turn up and how they perform, and how important it is for them to make the top four. Can teams at this stage, you know, when we're at round twenty-one, you've got teams like the Sharks, who you know, are, are, are vying for a decent finishing position. Warriors is the cue in the rack. Yep. But sometimes when teams uh, think that the other team has put a, the queue in the rack can get touched up because they go, oh, this will be an easy win. We'll take yeah. the points. But that's what I mean. It's but I mean, that's obviously not going to happen tonight. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, all, it's all about the Sharks, isn't it? Because, you know, that top four is vital for them. They're not in great form. I mean, some of their stats this year, I mean, they're winning games uh, and they're getting results, but they can play a lot better. Their last month of footy, they've had probably two of the worst losses that they've suffered in the last couple of years and probably you know, one of their best wins that they've had all season. So they're, they're sort of, um, they're really up and down. They've lost Maloney, so they're going in with a few injuries. They've got uh, Seguiaro comes back into the side tonight. Mm, so mm. Is uh, the hunger there? Is the uh, hunger there for the Sharks? This, this is where they get tested is, you know, the drive to win the Premiership last year after 50 long seasons without yep, yep. was obviously there. Um, are they going to have that same hunger and desire this year? This is when you get tested at the back end of the season, go into the finals. Do other teams want it more than you who haven't had it for a while? Yep. That's the test. Uh, and just lastly, Bronx versus Eels. How do you reckon that's going to pan out? 
That's a good one because I, I like the Eels. Gutherson's obviously got injured last week, and that's a real blow for them. But uh, they've got a pretty soft run in. I think they'll definitely make the eight. And if they, uh, they've got the Broncos twice, if they beat the Broncos in one of those games, they could even push their way into the top four. Really? Yeah, they, abso- they absolutely could. They've got, out of the last six games, I think four of them are sides that are well below them on the ladder, and they've got the Broncos twice. So if they can jag one against the Broncos, they might end up on, you know, 34, 36 points, which gets you in the uh, in the top four. They'll yeah. need to, Gert, because their four and against is terrible. Just having a look at the ladder there, they're on they're in seventh, but their four and against is negative 18. Mate, I thought so. you were involved in the this, AFL. That's old stats, I mean, mate, here. Yeah, what what's are you doing? Just, bring in, just bring in some I mean, ammo to the, the okay, conversation. Okay, here we go. Favourite Australian musician this year. Who's Go. Yeah, go on. Oh, uh, yeah. A boom. Is it Boom Crash Opera? Oh, yeah. you are a dickhead. Straight You've embarrassed Ryan Gert. South Australia. Ryan Gert. I apologise. We will catch you at six o'clock uh, with the Triple M call team. Onion skin, I think, was their oh. biggest hit, mess. Okay, oh, boys. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah, no. See you guys. Let's move on. Thank you. So we've got time for Sydney for this week. Thank you very much for company. I'll see you again on Monday. Have a great one. Well, it's been a big week in Sydney. And as usual, it's time to call a meeting at the Merrickville Council Chambers to vote on which suburb gave us the best call this week. Regular listeners to Merrickville will know that our audience finds ever more insane ways to hurt themselves. Take Cham from Leyland Park. Had a nap one night and I was very thirsty. Like, you know, you eat something salty the night before and I was thirsty as... Normally my little sister leaves the kettle cold, but this time she's going to turn it on. I just woke up, smacked it straight down my throat, boiling water, man. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Jesus, Cham! Or Hayden in Winston Hills. My mates were playing in their cricket grand final, so rode my bike down to show my support. Anyway, after the game, rode down some stairs, fell off, and uh, and I broke my arm. I was pretty confident I'd broken it straight away. I walked up, told one of the parents, and I was like, listen, you're going to have to get me an ambulance or something. Lost in translation, they've accidentally sent three police cars, two ambulances, and the uh, child fight helicopter because they think I've been run over. <laughs> <laughs> when you call into Merrickville, your story had better be a cracker because Merrick won't just play along. Blake in Reefby found out the hard way. So me and my mate a couple of years ago decided to do the uh, Everest Base Camp trek. Yep. And uh, I like, we I like how you up. said that like we are going to be impressed, but you did say the Everest Base Camp trek, which means that you yep. had absolutely no crack at Everest proper. You just went to the base camp. Where you can still die. Yeah, but that's like, seriously, that's like me saying, oh, I went to Kokoda. Well, I didn't go to Kokoda. I went to Port Moresby. Where you can also <laughs> die. <laughs> but in honour of that time, Merrick killed Triple J. One, I'll, show, I'll show that off. One, two, three. Oh! Did I shut down the radio station? <gasps> what the hell did you just do? They just told me to shut it off. Just idiot. Our winner this week is Cam, who went one better. I worked at Channel 9 years ago and in the lighting department and uh, we were doing the Today Show one day and I'd been out. I'd had a pretty massive night the night before. And we had a, a little director there, a guy called Mark. Anyway, I was doing the lighting and uh, and he said, all right, get ready for Monty's weather. And I just pushed the wrong button and uh, put the whole studio to black nationally across <laughs> Australia. And then we put the lights back up as Richard Wilkins said, oh, we mustn't have paid the power bill. And, being the professional that he is. Oh, he's good, isn't together. he? The funny thing is, even in pitch black, he can still see his hair. That's what's <laughs> incredible. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. Please sign the visitor's book at Merrickville FM on Facebook or Twitter and tell us about your stay. We might have taken that metaphor too far.